Hi everyone, welcome to another Cheetah Girls podcast. In today's episode, we are going to critique Bernard 1979 and 1997's discrimination model with two-person psychology. In order to do that, we are going to use Safran and Moran's 2007 relational approach to supervision. And we're going to use the relational approach because as we know from Safran and Moran 2000, two-person psychology is a key construct or key pillar of their conceptualization of the therapeutic working alliance. So Safran and Moran 2007 state about supervision that it needs to go beyond the didactic presentation of declarative knowledge if therapists are going to develop the combination of procedural knowledge, self-awareness, and reflection and action skills necessary to respond to patients in a flexible and creative way. It is important for therapist training to include a substantial experiential component and to emphasize the process of personal growth. So with that in mind, there are five principles that we could use to critique Bernard's discrimination model. And the first one is Safran and Moran's uh, big time focus on experiences. And they actually call that the experiential focus. And the reason they want to focus on the experiential aspect of supervision is to give supervisees the opportunity to develop skills to avoid reification and to develop a beginner's mind. So just as a reminder, reification is that constant tr- struggle with the temptation to hold on to a fixed conception of what is taking place between the counselor and the client. So an example of reification is seeing a client as a diagnosis, such as borderline personality disorder, rather than an individual. So we hold on to this temptation to have a fixed conception of who our client is. And what Safran and Moran 2007 say is that by having an experiential focus and supervision, our supervisees are going to learn the skills to hopefully avoid that when working with clients and to, again, develop that beginner's mind. So how do they do that in supervision? The most important thing that they do in supervision to help build that um, experiential focus is they really encourage their supervisees to relate to other supervisees' tapes. So instead of the supervisor being being the, the leader or the expert, they really encourage supervisees to relate to other supervisees' tapes. And what they find is that it allows supervisees to move beyond the conceptual level and bridge that gap between declarative knowledge and procedural knowledge. So we see that is different, the discrimination model, because in that model, the focus really is on the supervisor as expert and serving in the roles of teacher, counselor, and consultant. But in this experiential focus, the the focus of supervision is on supervisees relating to other supervisees' tapes. So there was an example that they gave um, in our book that it says instead of asking our trainees to speculate about the client's motivation, we encourage them to talk about how they might have felt 
if they were the therapist or the client, or to focus on what they were feeling while they were viewing the tape or to comment on what was observable, such as you look angry there or the client looks sad to me. So that feedback that's more experiential in nature, um, they believe really moves our supervisees um, from just having declarative knowledge about what it's like to be a counselor and moving into that that art of counseling where um, you can blend your declarative knowledge with procedural knowledge. The second principle that we could use to critique um, the discrimination model is Saffron and Moran's emphasis on self-exploration. So they really want to help their supervisees find their own unique solutions to their problems rather than providing our own as supervisors formulations or suggestions for the intervention. So again, we see a difference in the, the, the role of the supervisor in the supervisory relationship. So whereas in the discrimination model, there's a, a large focus, again, on the supervisor as expert, as the teacher, the counselor, the consultant, um, Saffron and Moran 2007 really encourage that self-exploration and they, and they want their supervisees to develop what we know to be another hallmark of their therapeutic working alliance, which is you know, talking with their clients in session about what's going on in the moment and what is, what is both parties' experience of that. So they really want to foster that in supervision by encouraging their supervisees to come up with their own solutions rather than giving them the solutions. The third principle that we could use to critique uh, Bernard's discrimination model is Saffron and Moran 2007's emphasis on the relational context of supervision. And what they argue is that supervision has to be tailor-made to the needs of the trainee. And so what they really recommend is that supervisees choose the specific issue or theme that they want to work on um, in supervision. And that's a way in the world of Saffron and Moran of building that strong uh, supervisory alliance. Um, But it becomes um, more collaborative and it invites our... um, Supervisees to see their supervisors as mentors, which is something that is lacking in the discrimination model. There's not that role of mentoring. Um, And they really want um, the supervisees um, to align the themes that they want to explore in supervision with their goals for supervision. The next principle that we could use uh, to uh, critique the discrimination model is the fact that Saffron and Moran advocate for supervisors as models. So what that means is that in the supervisory relationship, Saffron and Moran recommend that supervisors show themselves in session. So instead of just supervisors, excuse me, supervisees coming to supervision and showing their tape, Saffron and Moran suggest that the most valuable learning opportunities for our supervisees 
is to see their supervisors in action. And that is definitely not something that um, the discrimination model uh, recommends for, for supervision. And so what that does is it, it, it demystifies um, for our supervisees um, what maybe we look like um, as supervisors in session, but it also allows us to talk through what we were experiencing in that moment, how we were navigating the session. And again, it's just another opportunity to, to model and, and be a mentor for our supervisees. And it, what Saffron and Moran suggest is that it also gives our supervisees permission uh, to accept themselves for potentially struggling as counselors that, you know, counseling is hard and it's, and, and it takes practice and it's a lifelong process. And so by showing ourselves as supervisors doing the work, um, can be really, really beneficial. And then lastly, the fifth principle that we could use to, uh, critique the discrimination model is diversity issues. Um, the in the discrimination model, there is not a discussion of diversity issues at all, whereas Saffron and Moran definitely um, focus on that in their relational model to um, supervision. And they argue that in order for our supervisees to develop, they say cultural competency, but I think we all would say cultural humility um, is to work through um, you know, again, those relationships, those dyads that we have um, and really bringing into the here and now how they're experiencing uh, the relationship with their clients. So um, those are the five principles that we could use to critique the discrimination model, the experiential focus, self-exploration, relational context, supervisors as role models, and then diversity issues. I think it's also worthwhile to note that we could um, use another aspect of their, uh, their relational approach to supervision um, in critiquing the discrimination model because they are very clear about the structure of supervision sessions. So what Saffron and Moran recommend is that supervision always begins with a structured mindfulness exercise to help supervisees develop an awareness and openness to their own experience rather than focusing on their intellectual understanding. And as we know um, from the Therapeutic Working Alliance, um, the beginner's mind, mindfulness and action. Um, so by providing our supervisees with an opportunity to be mindful at the beginning of supervision is a structure that they advocate for. They also um, structure their supervision by asking their supervisees to focus their presentation on where they felt most stuck and most confused. Um, versus maybe presenting a unique aspect of the session, really focusing on moments when they were stuck and confused, and then ultimately using that principle of self-exploration to help them find their own unique solutions. Um, 
They also use videotapes, as we've already discussed, um, so that uh, supervisors and co-supervisees can, can see what actually takes place in session. Um, but they also recommend not doing a big presentation about what is in what they believe occurred in the session so that everyone can approach uh, watching the tape with a beginner's mind. Um, and so what they do is they show tape and then they really, when they stop the tape or, or what have you, they really focus on, again, attending to new perceptions and experiences rather than conceptualizing what's going on. Again, moving from that declarative knowledge to the procedural knowledge. And they always err on the side of showing more tape rather than less. Um, so they're, they're very clear about um, how they want the structure of supervision uh, to go. And then again, they do really want supervisees to provide feedback to other supervisees and really focus on the experiential level of what might be occurring in the session. Then after showing tape, they um, recommend doing awareness-oriented role plays. Again, to just continue increasing that experiential um, level of supervision. And then lastly, they uh, do a debrief. So again, in summary, um, we could critique Bernard's discrimination model um, with Saffron and Moran 2007's relational approach to supervision. And there are five principles that we could use to critique. The experiential focus, self-exploration, the relational context, the supervisor as role model, diversity issues. And we could also discuss how Saffron and Moran structure supervision and that they're very clear about it where the discrimination model is not. And that is um, beginning supervision with a mindfulness induction exercise, uh, focusing case presentations on moments when the supervisee felt most stuck or confused, but not giving a lot of information so that everyone can experience the session with a beginner's mind. Uh, definitely showing a videotaped um, recording. And then when maybe stopping the tape to really focus on, you know, what was going on in that moment, what were the feelings, what were the experiences, and then doing awareness-oriented role plays and debriefing. And all of that we do not see outlined in Bernard 1979-1997's discrimination model. So I hope that this is helpful um, when we might be given the opportunity to critique the discrimination model. Thanks.